Hello, this is Sam Kellagioni from Dogfish Head Brewery and Distillery. Pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cask Chasers Podcast. to get into the next one here if that's cool volume I like, three i like how you're acting like you haven't already okay <laughs> all right I, was, <laughs> Mister, I read the last chapter in the book so i went to a uh i went to a liquor oh, store yeah, this is funny and yeah. um i uh I, I went in there and i said to i've never been in this liquor store before and i said i was looking for the straight whiskey and they did, they had a couple of bottles of it, and we were talking about you know the single malt and things like that, and different things coming out. And they were like, "We have the you know volume three coming out soon. You should keep an eye out for that." And I said, "Well, I already have it." And the guy was like, "There's no way. Like I'm a liar." He's basically like, "Okay, buddy. Okay." <laughs> he's like, "This guy obviously doesn't." Know and I was like, "No, no, about. I do, I do. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, we're having Sam on the show. You know, I like to." Um, really pat myself on the back for that those kind of things you know so now i'm selling the show and everything to the, and i gave him my card and all that and i said hey we should taste it and so i came up and there was like 10 of us in a circle at the end drinking from this and they were like come over here this is the new and the whole time i'm thinking i am in so much trouble because <laughs> i'm gonna come to the show with an empty bottle and have to explain myself but they all loved it and they can't wait to get it so that's, right. uh, that's a good ending, but that's so it's, I'm guessing a Delaware store it's or a, Maryland? It's a Delaware store, yeah. Okay. Right. Um, we'll remain nameless. That's but right. We're glad they're, they're excited about our experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll give them a shout out. The, um, first, the first pop in sales, you say. Let me you know, look them up. I wonder where that would come from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can edit this. I will give them a shout out because they're really actually an awesome store full of awesome people. So I do. It's right next door to Limestone Barbecue. Yeah, Limestone Barbecue and Bourbon. For, uh, which was formerly uh, owned by Robbie Jester, who's also a friend of the yeah. podcast. Um, oh, nice. But yeah, we'll find it. Is that we'll Hocasson or where is that? Close, yeah, very yeah, close to Hocasson. It's, it's right off Kirkwood yeah. Highway there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I love those obscure things that we have listeners in Chile and they're like, what's a Kirkwood Highway? <laughs> um, it's a Delaware thing. You yeah, for the locals. This is this show's for the locals. Anyway, I'll look it up. So yeah, you want to so, have this? Yeah, while, while, you're, while you're looking that up, yeah. is it okay if we start talking about this alternate takes volume three? It yeah. Is, volume three, right? Yeah. This so we we have we have been already drinking it for several minutes. Pre, premier wine and spirits, yes. limestone. Uh, That's to premiere. To premiere. Shout premier out to li- them. They 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 love uh, them some dogfish heads. So and they've got they've actually got a really good selection and pretty fair prices too. So if you're in the area there, head over there. Why not? And they didn't believe me. And so. they didn't pay us to say that. So <laughs> <laughs> but now they do believe me. They and think, I like they them. might think you you're a liar, but they're gonna go back after listening to this and be like, Oh, we gotta dig that guy's business card out of the trash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right, let's drink this one. So I already had it. Yeah. Full disclosure, I loved it. Um, I wanted to pretend like I didn't have it yet for nope. show quality. Nope. But oh my god! Yeah, right. Sorry, I just that's that's an so organic it's your person. first taste, Katie. Yeah, yeah. So I hate. Here's the crazy thing: why I hate, I hate apples. 
despise them. Yeah. Cannot stand apple cider or anything. Um, you think brandy too? Apple brandy? I just too? I don't know what it is. I just never. And Aaron came to hang out with me the other day, and he said, "I brought. I'm bringing six pack of beer. We're gonna hang out." And it was apple cider, and I was like, "Are we even friends?" Yeah, um, it's true. No, but I had it. I drank it all. <laughs> but this is. This there's so much depth here, and I think the ass the apple the apple we had it. <laughs> How much of this did you have? The most of the bottle out of, out of curiosity. Yeah. I think the apple adds there's an acidity and everything, but it adds mm-hmm. this crispness that I guess people get from apples that like apples that I don't. You're doing really well on you know assuming that so good right. job. Um, but it works here. You know what I mean? It works. It it, it's not through. overwhelming. Yeah, because it. One thing that I, I I struggle with when you get anything that's a little bit too sweet or a little bit too one note, mm. you just lose the appreciation for whatever that flavor is. So you know, it's it's like in cooking, the basic rules of what is it like salt, acid, fat, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you can get that yep. kind of citrus note to cut through with the apple, which it does without taking away the depth there. And right. I mean That's what I mean, yeah. So before my uh, brain stops thinking about it, um <laughs> the the that exactly what you're talking about that cutting through, it has sort of a I I know I know flavors can't be colors, but it has sort of a greenish quality to it yes. that reminds me of what um what the Pandaren does. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? Pandaren, the Welsh whiskey, for those of you that don't know, this does not taste like Pandaren by any stretch of the imagination, but the the Celt from Pandaren is uh, very green, lightly peated, has that green, bright thing that cuts through it that I can never put my finger on what it is. This does the same thing with that Sam, what's the, I'll ask this, and I mean it in a good way, what's the age on this? Can we... So it's really it's uh, three. Uh, first of all, the malt is just it's, it's a simple malt bill compared mm-hmm. to even straight whiskey. It's just 100 percent pale malt because we wanted to really talk about the expression of two different kinds of, of barrels mm-hmm. that have to do with apples. But it's basically the liquids first finished for a full three years mm-hmm. in, you know, freshly dumped dogfish head apple brandy mm-hmm. barrels and then okay. post that 36 months. But before bottling what you're having today, we took a bunch of empty uh, barrels from our brothers and sisters at Angry Orchard uh, Cider, Cidery. And that's, uh, we used a ton of fresh dumped uh, cider barrel, uh, cider barrels from them. So that green note you're getting is actually from what's unexpected in a whiskey because people have aged, you know, whiskeys and released them from brandy barrels, from rum barrels, mm-hmm. etc. But what's really unique is taking these cider barrels, not, not yeah. apple brandy, but apple cider barrels okay. and bringing those notes into a whiskey along with the ap- apple brandy notes. And it's hard to do that without losing it. Yeah. Cause I've, I know. Yeah. I've, I've only, I've only had, I've, I've had a handful of whiskeys finished in, uh, cider barrels and there's like, well, now now this one. But of all of the ones that I've ever tried, there were like two that did it well that I was like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. that's really good. It's a really difficult thing to get right. And this, yeah. is, this is great. I, thing, I dig this. The thing I'm really amazed about, so we're talking a lot about the apple taste that goes into it. Um, but what I'm getting on the palate a lot, just to, to share this with our listeners, it's like an apple crumble right like that's yeah, what i'm getting sure, like that sure perfectly like golden delicious apple with oh, a little brown sugar in the God. i know bobby's like yeah we're, sure nope we're, we're, i'd dump those out we're eating something after yeah. this no, no, no. but no. there's a beautiful warmth <laughs> and baking spice kind of not quite brown sugar but it, something in that family that you get with it it's my really least tasty. favorite dessert it and is a 
is a um, caramel apple. Because oh, of the I apple. hate that too. Right. Not because this, of the apple. But though. this tastes like what you want a caramel what, apple what to taste. You want when somebody tries apple. to sell you on a caramel apple. Do you mean a caramel apple? No, I mean caramel. <laughs> um, when they try to sell you, heathens, when they try to sell you one and they, they're really selling it, what they tell you is what this tastes like. It doesn't taste like it. When they're like, oh, no, it's going to be citrusy. I've never, had, I've never had anybody try to sell yeah. me. A caramel apple. Did you have like a bad you, you haven't met that. You haven't had the right salesman. Apparently, or Carney, I yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Car- I, Carmi. You, you've Carmel. never been to the classic used caramel apple lot. I and they have certified the- pre-owned caramel apples. <laughs> hey, kid. Um, I'm not a- associated with these guys. I don't know what to say. Sam, I think what we're trying to say is it's delicious. It's very good, but <laughs> but it is definitely off-centered. I mean, not to keep playing on words here, but I mean, I I really mm-hmm. love a company that. I imagine myself in your boardroom. I assume there's a lot of beanbag chairs, and <laughs> I imagine facts. I imagine the conversation to be like, "Let's do this. Let's do it right, but let's be different and let's put our own spin on it." And you stick to that, man. You really do. I've never had a beer from you or whiskey or a spirit from your company that didn't set off a little bit and make me have a different kind of conversation. And that's another thing. It, it when anything that I've had from Dogfish Head, it's. It's not like even even the the straight whiskey. To me, it's 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 not it's not a straight whiskey. It's gonna it's gonna taste a little a little weird. It's gonna you know? be weird. It's gonna be a little in a weird, good, like in a, a memorable good way. quirky yes, way. Yes, I had your what's the C's uh, the sequence sequence. I love sequence, yeah. so I had yeah. that at Manchester Orchestra, one of my favorite bands. They played in Delaware. They had a dogfish head set up there, mm-hmm. right? For some reason, I don't know how the two came together, but there was like a little um, dogfish head kind of whatever in there when you came in. I had one, and throughout the whole concert, I kept stopping and looking at the beer and going, what is this? And just really like, and then I got on this kick with like sour beers. Beer. Character that you can capture in a beer like this that we're talking about, and, and we actually have like cases of sequence at home. So it's good that you bring that one up. Um, it's just, it's something that I really appreciate because I always like kind of the unique journey and anything that can promote that uniqueness. I don't know. I just really appreciate it. So. Yeah. And thank you for doing it in an unapologetic yeah. way. I think that's, Look at that. awesome. that's really important. Taglines. That's, my, that's probably my favorite. But, you know, they're all our children. We love them equally, but there's yeah. certain children we want to hang out with more than the others. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, and, that's uh, so true. And, and, and Sequench for me is 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 my jam. So volumetrically, it's what I drink the most. It's there really light, but it's super refreshing. I'm curious, what room in Delaware did Manchester Orchestra play? I, I love their music, too. Oh, they're yeah. amazing. No, it was at the Queen. At the Queen Theater, yeah. Downtown. This nice. is um, maybe it was before COVID, so nineteen, eighteen, or twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. I want to say, Haida, I want to talk to you about whiskey. Please talk to me about whiskey, but not just any whiskey. I want to talk to you about single malt Welsh whiskey, mm. but not just any distillery. I'm talking about Pendaren Distillery. Oh, okay, and they don't have just any team to make their Whiskey, Mm -hmm. they have an all-female distilling and blending team. I like what I'm hearing. Right? Laura, Bethan, and Ista, three women in charge of producing that whiskey. That is wholly unique within the whiskey industry, at least in the UK. That sounds pretty rad. It's pretty rad. What's even radder, if that's a word, is their whiskeys are delicious. I can make a wonderful highball for you, and you wouldn't even know there's whiskey in there. You'd just say, oh, this is bright and fruity and berry-like. Really? Really, really. Okay. You want to do it now? Sure. 
Okay, let's do it. Okay. Do you want to say something about the Cast Chasers podcast? You're a proud sponsor of the Cast Chasers podcast? Yes. Yeah. And so I think what, one of the things that helps us uh, take these risks with, with unexpected it's a good word, risk. Sensory yeah. is that we did start so small. And so there were small risks, you know, volumetrically when we started coming up with recipes. And if you visit our Milton Brewery or our Rehoboth location or our Miami location, we have small brewing systems that we still, you know, play around with and throw shit at the wall. And why, and then we have bigger systems once we dial in it. We, we, we will release it brought more broadly. And that's what's fun about coming. We're, we're starting our tours back up at the big facility in Milton in a few weeks, mid-March. And if you come there, you're going to find, you know, experimental spirits and, and, uh, and, and beers that you can't get anywhere else. And that's us kind of walking before we run with the, the balance of all the ingredients that go into things that some of them are meant to just be one and done performance art pieces, mm-hmm. one batch and it's over. And some are meant to kind of go on tour for distribution. Uh, so for the, the, the alt, the alt takes uh, series is a, comes from its name is about the marrying of the, our love of music and, and our, and, and the alternative takes that we take with, with uh, whiskey, but what with whiskey, you don't have the luxury of like gin where you can add actual, mm. you know, organic material from trees, from fruits, mm. from all these different things. So it actually makes you more thoughtful. I think about the, the more limited creative, um, you know, risks that you can take. And so with this one, that balance between the apple uh, brandy barrel influence and the apple cider barrel influence was the note that I think our distillers really, really played, played beautifully. So you, you're making a lot of weird, cool, interesting stuff, and I love that about you. Um, is there one that you made that you've made your team? I know there's a team. I keep saying you. I know it's a team effort. Have made that didn't quite make it, but you loved. You know, I think about me. I, I, I'm a big fan. Sometimes I'll cook something, and I'm like, man, this is delicious, and I share it with my family. And they're like, like, this is terrible. Ugh. You know what I mean? But to <laughs> me, I'm like, well, I thought it was gold. Yeah. Do you have that project that just didn't make it out on the shelf, but sh- in your mind should have, and you know, screw everyone out there for not liking my weird I ass? I love this question. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, I would say from the beer side, I'll do one from beer and from like a spirits-based side. So from the beer side, uh, I would say uh, – not that it didn't make it, but you can only distribute so many liquids. But I grew up in Western Massachusetts. My wife's born and bred Milford, Delaware. And out in Western Mass, my parents, had a, we lived on a little farm and they just had a few head of uh, uh, cattle. But we did let our neighbor who had a nice sap house, you know, tap into our, our maple trees. And we did a version of our continually hopped IPA, 60 minute, 90 minute, but we did one called 75 minute IPA that was made with maple syrup from our family farm. Uh, and it was a beautiful beer, but expensive to make with all that raw uh, maple syrup. So we had to sell it in those big champagne bottles, mm. which really in craft 20 years ago, there were tons of those. Now, once the can revolution and sort of sessionability came forward, it became hard to try and sell those really expensive per ounce of liquid beers to make. So 75 minute kind of was hiatus, but I'd love to see us bring that one back. Uh, and then I'd say from the spirit side, we've been doing whiskey sours like our, our, we our Chesapeake and Maine, our seafood restaurant in uh, downtown Rehoboth, Delaware was nominated for a James Beard award for a cocktail program there. And one of the things we did beautifully were uh, whiskey sours. And a year and a half ago when we launched our canned cocktails, 
Uh, one of them was a whiskey sour. It tasted great, but we launched it in the fall thinking it'd be a cooler weather, more so than a crush or, you know, a uh, even like a, a vodka lemonade. It'd be more cooler weather oriented. But the seasonality on canned mm. cocktails is such that none of them really sell in the coldest winter mm. months. They're all oriented towards warmer months. Huh. So it came out and just didn't sell great. We're like, all right, well, let's just take it off the shelves but the canned cocktail movement is just it's the fastest yeah. growing alcohol movement in america so that might be one someday we'll bring back as that as that whole category gains volume and, and traction so we were talking a little bit about and bobby alluded to it ideas and you have a team and it's a team effort and that can you talk a little bit and i know everyone's probably going to be a little bit different but can you talk a little bit about where an idea comes from sort of the evolution of that idea is there troubleshoot i'm i i, I don't know you just don't end up in egypt making right. a 5000 yeah, year old <laughs> so like what ha- what what happens what? do 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 you call a meeting and say i have a crazy idea imagine and, that and the, the team's like oh shit right yeah so <laughs> what, how, how does it actually go and i'm sure it's different for each different spirit or Warp. beer but look, what what's the process there yeah, yeah. that's great that's a great question cuz it, it it c- c- can come from a lot of direct- directions, as you correctly stated. There's a lot of creators, you know, involved in what we make at Dogfish. Um, that's still my favorite part of the job is coming up with like sit. I'm out, I was out on my paddleboard here in Lewis in the harbor today, and I've lost seven iPhones in Lewis Harbor because if I come <laughs> up with an idea, I pull out my my iPhone, I, I write know. it on the notes, and then if I'm really excited, sometimes I drop the phone and uh, and uh, but. Uh, you know, that moment of coming up with an idea. First, I get back to home, my home and and then I go on Google and see if anyone else has thought of that idea mm-hmm. or has thought of the name of a beer or a cocktail that I want to do. And, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, there was a lot less chance that some creative idea was taken. But now, with you know, when we started, there were 600 breweries in America. Now there's 9,000. When we started craft distilling, there was only a half, handful. Now there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. So finding that white space is harder than ever, but it's still the most rewarding and cathartic part of our job as makers is to find something that's never been done before and take like a, a work of fiction, bring it to a bunch of talented brewers, distillers, lab, lab sensory people, and collectively kind of turning it into a work of nonfiction and, and, and sharing it with customers is still the most fun uh, part of the job. Uh, so usually, uh, you know, if it's something we're producing, uh, it's still something that I usually have my hands in early from a creative process, but I'm also proud to say I'm the least uh, t- technically or educationally skilled brewer or distiller at our company. Um, and so once we, 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 we R and D something in our smaller systems, I then hand it over to people that are, are way more talented at scaling it mm-hmm. uh, than, than, than I am. So it's an awesome team with kind of complimentary superpowers i know a lot of people that would love to get the coordinates of where you lost those phones (laughs) (laughs) i'd be curious to see what playlist or what band was playing when it went down with the ship and because the the worst moment is when my bluetooth speakers lose connection with the phone when it goes into the bottom of the harbor Uh, how many uh, bags of rice would we need to revive all of those (laughs) those ideas there's also a keg of shelter pale ale in the back harbor i i rode i rode i built a little little wooden rowboat in 1999 to row our first keg of beer from delaware across the bay to cape may new jersey and practicing our harbor 
I it weighed too much in the front, and I flipped and lost the keg, and I had to cross out every oh poster. And all the posters had to say, "I'm rowing the first case of beer <laughs> to New Jersey instead of the first keg." <laughs> I just imagine like, like a George Washington crossing the Delaware yeah. recreation yeah. of that yeah. painting, yeah. and then just like bloop. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. That yeah. reminds me of that Jameson commercial where he loses his barrel and he and just he... dives into the ocean and fights off the giants. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, not we'll, Sam. We'll Sam's like, I'll go get a case. We'll do it differently. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's like I got a sharpie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you yeah. mentioned you mentioned this a little bit earlier when you were talking about you know in the early days it was easy to take risks because of the low volume and everything. Kind of building off of Aaron's question with the creative process that you guys follow, do you find that any elements have changed about that as you've gotten so much bigger and you know we're we're talking about spirits? You've mm-hmm. mentioned several restaurants. Like, I guess my question is. Do you find that the thought process on how to protect what Dogfish Head is can challenge the freedom of the creative process? Or uh, It's a great question. I'd say not at our own locations. Like if you come into the walls of a dogfish in Miami or mm-hmm. Rehoboth or Milton, you're going to get the full breadth of our creative horsepower. But you know, because when there's when we have to sell our, our beers and our spirits through distributors as one tier, and then those mm-hmm. distributors have to, have to prioritize everything that's in their warehouse, and then they bring those liquids that they represent from different makers of different scales from different countries to a retailer. That's another layer of filtration mm-hmm. before your the liquids that get chosen are, are in front of the consumer. So we have to be a lot more methodical and precious frankly, about which liquids we say are the ones that we want to go far and wide for distribution. So we just have to be more self-editing than we were 15 years ago when consumers, retailers wanted everything that was available. Mm-hmm. Now it's a lot, you got to be a lot more thoughtful about what you're going to bring bring into three-tier uh, multi-state distribution, yeah. but still we love to use our own locations to say the sky's the limit. And uh, so we get that creative reward locally uh, and have to be more careful nationally with what we b- move forward. Nice. That's kind of cool, though. It's like you, you still have the fun freedom of your own sandbox, but then you also get to, you know, like... Throw sand at others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we still... I mean, we a lot of us still see and expect cool stuff to come from Dogfish Head. And, you know, you're one of the few, I think, that have able, you somehow hold on to both the, the, the craft brewer you know viewpoint while also being a massive company because you're not i mean you're everywhere and yet you've you're tandem with that and it's either you know it's either or we have a large company big name company coming on the show um soon and they're making a whiskey now and i know one of their challenges is you know are they just a corporate big Mm -hmm. corporate head making whiskey like trying to be the indie guys right but you can do both and I don't know if that's because you started off and you kind of led the way or I know people respect you, but you somehow have both of those. And there's people that are challenged by either or they can't get out of the craft mindset and they don't want to be called. There's whiskey makers that are like, don't call me craft. And they are. (laughs) I mean, legally, you're craft, you know, and there's the other side of the coin. You hold both. And I think they're both awesome titles to have. And you somehow are able to 
to to to be respected in both realms. I think that's a good thing, and I think that is your creativity and your um, products and everything else. It's like a board shorts yeah. in the boardroom mentality. Yeah, you know? nice. Yeah, I dig that. You're Very welcome. Silicon no. Valley of you. <laughs> board I think shorts I, yeah. are the best, <laughs> yeah. just in general. I need more. Next to sweatpants right and Crocs. Up there with sweatpants yeah. and Crocs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, yeah. and please, do, as you guys said earlier, the boardroom at Dogfish is a functional treehouse, so that says something uh, about That it. is the boardroom? That's sick. <laughs> I didn't know oh, that. Man. The spring and the fall, it gets too hot in the summer. Oh, that's so awesome. We're not, we're not afraid of hot spaces. I mean, half yeah. of our recording spaces have struggled with AC over oh, the Oh, my year. God. Oh, my God. I've lost 10 yeah. pounds. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's my favorite. Um, I love the whiskey. I think it's amazing. I, I yeah. just have one more question for you, and it's more beer related. What's a beer? Because I think every time everybody in the world orders Dogfish Head beer, they go they sixty minute, which is fantastic. What's a beer that you wish more people would drink from your line? Ooh, that's a great question. I, mean, I won't I won't go back to Sequench other than yeah. saying the word Sequench again. It's the best selling <laughs> sour beer in America, and we're really really proud of that. But the sour space you know is a lot smaller than the ipa mm. uh space um so i would say in our own pro- portfolio 60s the biggest and the best known and if you, you see dog one dogfish somewhere it's probably going to be 60 because it is our biggest volume but we're super proud of our hazy o mm. and so mm. the, the the uh the whole ipa space is so big now there's never been such a big single style in craft beer that it's fragmented into sub-style session IPAs, Imperial IPAs. And 90 Mint was the first Imperial IPA brewed in, in America. But Hazy O is, is really unique in that it's the only like uh, IPA that was infused with real oat milk instead of just malted oats. So it has this really unique sort of silky, soft mm. mouthfeel. So really good. my call would be Hazy O because it's also one that a bunch of your listeners uh, can, can find because we do distribute Hazy O. That's awesome. That's a good one. I really do like that one too. I'm on a hazy kick too. I feel like I get into these and people are like, let me guess, hazy IPA. I'm like, the beard says, yes, please. May I have a. Well, and it, so it's so funny because I'm, uh, and we, we say this about different types of whiskey and then we're wrong. I'm, it, in my brain, I'm not an IPA guy. I don't like an I don't like IPAs. But every once in a while, there's this diamond and it, it just does it for me. And I'm like, oh my God, this is fantastic. Oh, it's an IPA. Son of a bitch. Um, this sounds a lot like your rye conversation. And that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I used to be like, I don't like rye whiskey. Yeah. I was the and same way. And now there's like a couple rye whiskeys I don't like and mm-hmm. most of the rest of them. So like, All I drank was Namaste, which is fantastic, too. Yeah. Oh, the white um, bear. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. But then yeah. I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the story that reminded you of the rye? Um, just the, 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 the one. Which one did you just say? The... The Namaste, Namaste, the white beer. No, the the one before. Shoot, sixty bit. The no, the hazy, hazy. hazy yeah. Yes, the hazy. And 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 sp- honestly, specifically, hazies. I'm like, I'm like, no, I don't want that at all. That was one that I tried, and I was like, oh, this is this is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it's right. ju- it ju- and it just goes to show you I, whether it's beer, whether it's whiskey, whatever. If you think you don't like a certain, uh genre or a certain um category or whatever just try more of them <laughs> try yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not like binge drinking but like try another one and try another one for you, years we would say we weren't rye guys like, yeah, that and that's was our exactly, yeah yeah we mm-hmm. we don't like rye and now there i can probably only i can probably count on one hand the rye's i don't like at well, this point point. And, and one thing that we've also talked about in that vein is you know as part of keep trying until you find something i know my palate over the years like i've just 
realize there's such a difference in quality depending on the different ways somebody approaches capturing a flavor profile. And I mean, the sequence is a great example. The reason I love that beer so much is because I feel like I've tried different, like, oh, here's your black salt, here's your lime flavor combination. Mm -hmm. But you guys just really nail it from a quality and a balance standpoint. So you might be, you know, it might be a more um, available flavor. People want that. But that one specifically. If you look at, in my opinion, with this, what the what the volume three is doing, and one mm-hmm. and two, and we really didn't. I wish we would have gotten more into one and two because they're fantastic. Hopefully, we can just quickly chit chat about those. Mm-hmm. Barrel bourbon to me mm. is on this crazy movement, and what those what that team is doing is fantastic. And it's really about secondary finishes. And Scotch whiskey grew up, lived on backbone of Scotch whiskey, in my opinion, is secondary. I mean, they're, they're all used barrels, right? Yeah, 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 right. Now this new movement, with and again, and other people do it, but I think barrel does it so well in these weird brandy, you know, peach kind of whatever finishes. People mm-hmm. find that depth and interesting, and, you know, there's almost a foodie piece to it, right? You know what I mean? Well, and Sam, I think that's kind of what this speaks. This, And I love the straight whiskey. Your, your whiskey heads, your, I just want to, you know, a glass of something. That's your straight whiskey all day long. Delicious. But this one, man, it's just, it's got some coolness to it. it it's almost like a little small plate uh, of your ninth yeah, course. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and it, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the whole, you know, the, 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 the craft whiskey movement, the whiskey movement in general. You know, I mean, people, people want more than um, I'll have a bourbon. I'll have a scotch. You know, um, it's, it, and there's so much variety out there. And you can't go wrong with any dogfish head that I've had, even from, you know, the whiskey standpoint. It's always going to be interesting. Um, and that, that's what I'm looking for most. Yeah. Every once in a while, I want to grab a bourbon because I want that molasses, that vanilla, that whatever. That's just what I want to look cool. Yeah. Right. Now, I never look cool. Um, but you have a nice beard though. Well, thank so. you. All right. Let's talk about that for 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, dogfish head is always, always going to be interesting. And I think a lot of our listeners are looking for an interesting whiskey, something that's a little off the beaten path off center, if we want to say it again. Um, but it's, uh, it, if you're looking for something interesting and something that's not just going to be your bourbon, your scotch, absolutely, dogfish head. Just well, grab something, anything. So let's start. Can we just real quick go because I, I want everybody to hear about the different ones and especially from the volume, different th- the three volumes. Um, the first one is one of my favorites. It's the uh, rum cask. Um, which I'm a I huge, haven't had that one, oh, dude. It's, oh, my that God. was we were talking about that yeah. earlier. So one of the first interactions I ever had with like a brand representative uh, in a liquor store was over that particular finish of Dogfish Head, and it was so Are cool because yeah, and I ended up tasting? walking away with the bottle because you know the story uh, was great, the person was great, the drink was great. You know, check check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that was done because we've been doing brown honey rum for. 20 years mm-hmm. so we have that was a, a base that we had and then that was all all takes one and then we went from there to our all takes two which is we we've had this beer called palo santo marone and you know where we knew that a lot of first gen craft breweries had played around with oak barrels because that's what you know you can get from yeah. the wine and 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 whiskey world but we found this wood from paraguay that threw this beautiful like uh you know perfumey like spice uh, caramel notes, very different than the toasty vanilla notes of, of oak. Um, and so that's what we did for All Takes Two. We used our Palo Santo uh, wood and we're doing the cider uh, and, uh, and and brandy barrel aged 
alt three and then believe me we got some fun stuff in the building for alt takes four so i'm gonna have to hit it here and jump jump to, to my next thing but sure. lots on the horizon oh i also meant to m- mention let's get lost which is our overproof yes. 51 that uh just got a recently a 92 score from whiskey advocate that's intense and beautiful and you can get lost in a, a dram of that for sure awesome awesome um, any anything but before before we go, Sam, is there anything else that I, I know you sort of abbreviated it? Anything else you wanna you wanna pitch? Anything at all that you've got coming up? Keeping in mind, this will probably come out in four to six weeks. Uh, yeah. The floor is yours. I, no, I mean I would say we're, we're we were one of the we were decidedly a second generation craft brewery opening in '95. Walk you know on the shoulders of the giants like Anchor and Sierra and Sam Adams that opened in the late '70s and early '80s. But we were one of the original craft distilleries, you know, having done that for 20 years uh, before that craft term craft distillery existed. So we're really proud of that heritage, and you can taste in what we make, whether it's our whiskey or our canned cocktails. Uh, so we just hope people seek them out and uh, yeah, support your indie craft distilleries and, and breweries wherever you're you're tuning in from. And thank you guys for putting the show on. It's a cool idea. Thank oh, you. Thank, thank you, you, Sam. It's been awesome having you on. This has been a really good conversation. So cheers to you. Congrats on everything. And yeah. Cheers, Sam. We'll we'll come up cheers, and visit and sip in person soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That'd be cool. We have Ask Megan. We have our weekend of compelling ales and spirits coming up in uh, in uh, the, the spring. And we'd love to have you guys road trip and join us for that. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. Short, yeah. short freaking road trip. So yeah. You, <laughs> I know. Almost definitely. All right. All right later, thanks, guys. Later. Thanks. Bye. Yep. All right, Chasers, that'll do it for now. If this was your first time tuning in, what took you so long? All jokes aside, we're so happy to welcome you to the Cast Chasers family, and we definitely hope you'll come back for more next week. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, in short, wherever you listen to podcasts. And give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cast Chasers. You can even join our Facebook group for bonus points. And if you want even more Cast Chasers, check out our website, castchasers.org, for show notes, Cast Chaser swag, and more. Until next time you join us, remember, it's not about finding the perfect dram. It's all in the chase. <laughs>